Bakersoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. The Basket of Flowers, Episode 2 One day, early in the charming month of May, Mary went into a wood near her home to get some branches and twigs of the willow and hazel. When her father was not busily engaged in the garden, he occupied his time in making baskets of all sorts, and particularly ladies' work baskets. While he busied himself in this way, Mary read to him from the Bible or some good book, or as her father worked, he talked to her about the highest matters. While Mary was gathering the materials for her father's basket work, she found some beautiful specimens of lily of the valley, and gathering sufficient of the flowers, she made two bunches, one for her father and the other for herself. After she had finished her work, and when she was returning home through a meadow, she met the Countess of Eichborg and her daughter Amelia, who were taking an afternoon walk. The ladies spent the greater part of their time in the city, but occasionally they lived for a few days at the castle. Some of the most important circumstances of life spring from apparently trifling events. In the case of Mary, this accidental meeting with the Countess and her daughter proved the beginning of the painful circumstances of this story. But God overrules all events, and this tale gives abundant proof that all things work together for good to them that love God. As the ladies came near Mary, she stood a little on one side to let them pass. But when they saw the beautiful bunches of lilies in her hand, they stopped to admire them and wanted to buy one. Mary respectfully declined to sell her flowers, but she begged the ladies would each accept a bunch. They were so struck with the girl's unaffected grace and modesty that they gladly took her little offering, and Amelia requested her to gather more and bring them to the castle every day for the rest of the season. Mary faithfully performed this duty, and every morning while the flowers were in bloom, she carried a bunch of lilies to the young lady. By and by, a closeness, which was something more than ordinary between two girls of such widely different positions, sprang up between Mary and Amelia. They were nearly of the same age, their tastes were similar, and it is not surprising that the acquaintance, begun in a chance manner, developed into a sincere friendship. The anniversary of Amelia's birthday drew near, and Mary determined to make her some little present. She had given her so many bunches of flowers that she puzzled her brain to think of some new gift. During the winter, her father had been making a beautiful basket, which he intended to give to Mary herself. It was the most finished piece of work he had ever done, and he had worked on it a design of the village in which they lived. Mary's idea now was to fill this basket with flowers and to offer it to the young countess as her birthday present. Her father readily fell in with the plan and added a finishing touch to it by weaving Amelia's name in on one side of the basket and the count's coat of arms on the other. 
The long-expected day arrived, and early in the morning Mary gathered the freshest and most beautiful roses, the richest pinks, and other flowers of beautiful colors. She picked out some green branches full of leaves and arranged them in the basket so that all the colors, though perfectly distinct, were sweetly and delicately blended. A light garland composed of rosebuds and moss was passed around the basket, and Amelia's name could be distinctly read enclosed in a coronet of forget-me-nots. The basket, when completed, was a thing of uncommon beauty. When Mary went to the castle with her basket present, the young Countess Amelia was sitting at her toilet. Her maid was with her busily engaging on making her young mistress's headdress for the birthday feast. Mary shyly offered her present, adding the best wishes of her heart to, for the young Countess's happiness. Amelia received the present with unaffected pleasure, and in an impulsive manner she warmly expressed her delight as she viewed first of all the charming flowers with which the basket was filled, and examined more carefully the beautiful design of the basket itself. Dear Mary, she said, why you have robbed your garden to make me this present. As for the basket, I have never seen anything so beautiful in all my life. Come, we will go and show it to my mother. Taking Mary affectionately by the hand, the girls went together to the apartments of the countess. See, mother, cried Amelia, of all my birthday presents, surely nothing can equal the one I have received from Mary. Never have I seen so beautiful a basket, and nowhere can you find such beautiful flowers. The countess was equally pleased with Mary's present, although she expressed herself more moderately. What a charming basket, she said, and its flowers, how beautiful. They are yet wet with dew. The basket of flowers does credit to the taste of Mary, but more to the kindness of her heart. Asking Mary to remain in the room, she made a sign to Amelia to follow her into another apartment. Amelia, said the countess, Mary must not be permitted to go away without some suitable return. What have you to give her? Amelia paused for a moment's reflection. I think, she replied, one of my dresses would be a most acceptable gift. For instance, if you will permit me, my dear mother, that one with the red and white flowers on the deep green ground is almost new. I have worn it but once. It is a little too short for me, but it will almost fit Mary, and she can arrange it herself. She is so handy with her needle. If therefore you do not think the present too valuable, the countess interrupted her, too valuable? Certainly not. When you wish to give anything, it ought to be something good and serviceable. The green robe with the flowers will be very appropriate for Mary. Go now, my dear children, said the countess, when they returned to the room where Mary was. Take good care of the flowers, that they may not fade before dinner. I want the guests to admire the basket also, which will be the most beautiful ornament on our table. Amelia ran to her room with Mary, and told Juliet, her maid, to bring the dress with the white and red flowers. "'Do you wish to wear that dress today, miss?' said her maid. "'No,' said Amelia. "'I intend to make a present of it to Mary.' "'Give that dress away,' replied Juliet hastily. "'Does the Countess know?' "'You forgot yourself, I think, Juliet,' said Amelia with dignity. "'Bring me the dress, and give yourself no trouble about the rest.' Juliet turned away hastily her face burning with anger, and her heart full of spite. 
pulling the door of the wardrobe open, she took from it the young countess's dress. Oh, I could tear it to pieces, she said passionately. This sly Mary has already wormed her way into the affections of my young mistress, and now she steals from me this dress, which ought to have been mine when the countess had done with it. I could tear the eyes out of this little flower girl, but some day I will be revenged. For the time being, however, she had to suppress her anger, and taking the dress on her arm, she returned to her mistress and gave her the dress with a pleasant air. Dear Mary, said Amelia, many of the presents which I have had today have cost more money than your basket, but none of them have given me so much pleasure. Will you take this dress from me as a token of my affection, and carry my best wishes to your good old father? Mary was not a vain girl, but her eyes sparkled at the sight of the beautiful dress, which surpassed anything she had ever dreamed of possessing. After warm thanks, she kissed her the hand of the young countess and left the castle. Amelia's maid continued her work in silence, but with jealous fury burning at her heart. The many tugs which she gave to the headdress she was preparing made Amelia at length inquire, Are you angry, Juliet? I should be silly indeed, miss, answered Juliet, to be angry because you choose to be generous. This is a very sensible answer, Juliet, replied Amelia. I hope you may feel just as sensible. Meantime, Mary ran home to her father to show her new dress. The good old man, while pleased at his daughter's pleasure, could not help feeling a little anxiety when he saw the present. I would much rather, my child, he said, that you had not taken the basket to the young countess, but it cannot be helped now. I fear that this valuable present will but rouse the jealousy of some of our neighbors and— what would be still worse than it may make you vain? Take care, my dear Mary, that you fall not into this great evil. No costly and beautiful garments so much adorn a young girl as modesty and good manners. It is the Bible that says the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit is in the sight of God of great price. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acre Soft Story Classic. Thank you.